0: Welcome to Sped Talk with Pam and John, also known as The Calm
1: Before the Storm.
0: Our purpose is to elevate the conversation and amplify special education resources.
1: And our why is about making the impossible possible. Okay, welcome to Sped Talk. This is this is new ground that we're forging here, right? This is something we haven't done before and that is to take this this project that we've worked on over the past 4 years that that traditionally has been an audio podcast, right? We've We've had some success with the podcast. We normally I would have sitting to the right or to the left of me, Correct. my my partner in crime Pam Humphrey, who is not here with us today, but normally the way we start this podcast is I launch in and just start talking. Pam somehow slows me down long enough for other people to get a word in and anchors me to a topic. But today Pam's not here, but we're joined by Jen DeLeon and by Evan Heckman, two other members of Sped Talk, and so we're going to engage in conversation around special education really around changing the trajectory for students with disabilities in in the state of Texas. And so, but before we do that, because this is our first go at really, you know, doing a, a video version of this podcast, maybe it's a prototype, maybe this will be an award winning episode, who knows, right? But that maybe we take a minute and introduce ourselves and put a face with the name for our audience that will be, you know, our viewers who will be watching this, because Traditionally, they're they're used to hearing the voice, but they don't see the face. So, you know, I'll jump out and just say I'm John Bullion. I am uh, a special education liaison at ESC Region 12. I've been a liaison since the beginning of the liaison project uh, back in the school year 17-18. You know, Sped Talk really evolved from the idea that we really needed to create new ways to share information. That flow of information from the state through the ESCs to our LEAs in a one way kind of direction really wasn't getting the job done for making sure that our schools were aware that there's a lot of resources around the state. There's a lot of exceptional work going on around the state. So we wanted to step into that space and just be one additional platform for sharing that information and in some ways start a greater conversation around excellence in special education. And I think in some ways we've grown beyond that. Jen, why don't you jump in and introduce yourself to our our listeners? Well,
0: I'm Jen DeLeon, and I am a liaison from Region 17, and I actually joined the liaison group back in 2020 during COVID. So my experience with the liaison group, I actually met everybody on screen, if you would, through Zoom, and it was, it was different, it was unusual. And I I've, I've had these little boxes on my computer screen of people that, that I was interacting with every month. So when we finally were able to come back and get together and and really meet everyone in person, um, I felt like I had known you all for a long time before I really got to meet you in person for a long time. Yeah. So when you think back, this is starting my third year with. With the liaison group and i immediately joined sped talk at that time and it's been it's been an amazing project the people that we've gotten to meet the interviews that we've conducted and just being a part of getting that message out has been an, an incredible experience so i'm just glad to be a part of it absolutely and, and we've grown and we've added some people and we've lost some people but it's it's been an amazing group to work with
2: you want me to start talking now my turn please
1: do evan you talk well
2: it's funny so i'm evan heckman and i'm a special educational liaison from region 10 which by the way is where we're currently housed um quick kudos out to region 10 esc's communications department for helping us to make this video podcast today Um, but what's what's funny to me a little bit is that you said i usually start going and pam Frames me in, and the first thing I thought of, yeah, like five minutes later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a quick, hey, hold on, John, let's yes, get back on yes, topic. Yes. She has this, True. just the right knack of kind of letting you go for a while before she, she kind of gets back to that. So I thought, thought that was funny. Um, so that being the case, here we are doing a video format, which is not our norm, as you mentioned. So before we get into the whole conversation that we have planned for today, John, quickly, you'll tell people why we're doing a video today as opposed to not doing a video version today.
1: I absolutely do. So the idea is that if we don't continue to kind of evolve as a platform, you know, we always run the risk of stagnating. And I think that's true in our school systems. I think that's that's true in, in, in anything that's important, any work that's important. And so I think the the, the video podcast route was just something we, as a, a collective group, right, Sp- Sped Talk is... Is is larger ju- than just the three of us, sure. and you know it started, of course, as just Pam and I. Um, uh, we had a colleague join us from ESC Region Nine, Amy Rogers, for for a year or so before she stepped away to do other work, important work. Um, and we've had many colleagues join us since from other ESCs. This is a collaboration of educational service centers in the state of Texas, and so we landed on the the audio podcast as a platform that we wanted to to try to you know, exemplify as far as creating a product that was polished enough that was worthy of our listeners tuning in, you know, each month and, and listening to the information we were trying to share, the stories we were trying to share from around the state. But but over time we realized that there's another audience out there and there's a growing interest in video podcasting. So we felt like why don't we kind of dip our toes in in this whole idea of creating the video podcast. versus just staying in that safe space of creating an audio product. And so I think that's what kind of got us thinking, well, well if if we're gonna do it, why don't we do it now? Right. And so we had this opportunity here at Region 10 um, to do so today, so. Yeah,
2: yeah and, and on top of that as well, I think a little bit of sort of context clarification. We are one of the collaborative groups that does things makes things happen across the state so our liaison grant that pays for the position of special education liaison Mm -hmm. uh, funds people in all 20 regions around the state right and so this is one of eight or nine or ten different collaborative groups right and so we although sped talk started before collaborative groups were formally a thing we are one of them and to help our listeners sort of understand we have goals within having collaborative groups created. And one of our goals is to reach listeners. And so for this year, we decided that an additional way to be able to reach people and to share that information would be use an alternate format. And so one of our goals is to put out a couple of episodes which are an alternate format. And you hear me use that wording as sort of undefined, because it could look like a couple of different things. Today, we're doing a video version of this. Kind of helps people to understand the process of how we got to why we were going to try this today.
1: Yeah, well put.
0: I think bringing that visual aspect to Sped Talk is is definitely going to benefit us. But I think it's going to be really beneficial in reaching a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we decide, you know, what direction we want to turn with, in reaching that that those people that are visual that need to see as well as as being able to hear what what we have to share. Um, I think it's big. It's definitely a big step in growing Sped Talk, and you know, that was one of our goals when I first started is, we just want to figure out how we're going to grow the podcast. What do we need to do differently? Mm-hmm. How do we need to approach this? And so when we, that was one of the discussions that we were having as we were driving over here, in, in that we actually have grown Sped Talk quite a bit, mm-hmm. because we created that Facebook page. We created the, the Instagram page. You know, we've been looking at different avenues as far as we are now on, started out on Anchor FM, but mm-hmm. we're now on Spotify. We're now on Google and, and iTunes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really moving forward and growing our project and, and trying to figure out how to reach more listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we have reached quite a few listeners here in the U.S., but yeah. then what do we need to do because we're growing internationally as yeah. well. And when you start thinking about that, and you start thinking about the people that are listening, the people that are reaching, or or that we are reaching, we need to figure out what is going to be the best format. And this is definitely a step out of my comfort zone, for example, but it's definitely, I I believe, a step in the right direction. So here's to here's to our prototype I guess
2: absolutely (laughs) for sure and that that sort of makes me think through some of the things you said about how we're growing and I didn't share the background on me being a liaison but I go back to September 2017 like John does and before the podcast was formally a thing but I think through the first year two years of the podcast I joined it officially in year three and now we're starting year five that's right I think it would be really neat John if we could talk to our listeners and our viewers about the background, the history, yeah. some episodes. What does it look like between year one and now? Do you yeah. wanna sort of lead that conversation? Absolutely.
1: That. So it's it's kind of poignant that we are recording our first video version of this this pet project, right? Here at Region 10, because what our listeners probably don't know is that SpedTalk was really born of an opportunity I had to come and share a resource I had developed um, in 1718, school year 1718, with directors, special ed directors here at ESC Region 10. I was invited here uh, by April Estrada, Dr. Estrada, to come and share a SPED director dashboard. It's a padlet that I created for SPED directors. And she said, hey, would you come share that with our directors? Well, you know, you presented it at TCase, and they really like it. We would love to have you come and share that so I was like absolutely you know I was going anywhere and everywhere they wanted me to go at that time I still do but and so I was so honored to come up and share with directors here in region 10 that resource and but I had a conversation with one of the directors at the time and she said you know it, it, it was wrapping up the day we had I stayed for lunch and got to visit and kinda mingle with some of the directors and of course sped directors are my people um, you know as an old SSA director but okay,
0: I have to ask who are not your people
1: well, everybody's my people, right? If you're right. an inclusive person, everyone is your people, right? But but SPED people really are my people. I mean, that's that's my, where my heart is. So, but she said, hey, have you ever considered doing a podcast? And I stopped and I said, uh, well, not really, but it's interesting you say that because I have a colleague from Region 11, Pam Humphrey, who just asked me last week, hey, you ever think you'd want to do a podcast with me? And at the time... Pam and I had forged Mm -hmm. a new friendship in this liaison project. You know, our first episode of Sped Talk was titled, I think, and I think appropriately so, The Calm Before the Storm. You know, Pam, if you know Pam Humphrey, you know she is soft-spoken, but when she talks, people listen. Correct. Because she is steeped in experience, and she's a quiet, reserved person until she needs to speak. And when she speaks on a topic, People pay attention because they know she knows what she's talking about. You know, I like to believe that I have a lot of background experience in special education, administration, counseling, mental health for students with disabilities, all, you know, all the good stuff, right? And, 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 but my personality is such that when I get talking on a topic which isn't as rare as Pam. I end up down some rabbit holes sometimes, right? And I chase, I chase those topics. And so Pam and I were kind of like an odd couple coming together. So following that, that opportunity here at Region 10, I went back and then that following month I met with Pam and I believe we were at the um, uh, TSBVI down in uh, Texas School for the Blind, uh, down in Austin uh, as the liaison right. project for that week. And Pam came up to me again and said, hey, You've been thinking any more about doing a podcast? And I said, "Well, as a matter of fact, I have." What if we called it Sped Talk? And she was like, "I love it!" You know, and literally Sped Talk was born. So going into this, Pam had listened to a few podcasts, right? She had had um, a few experiences listening to some podcasts that were educational based, and she has some opinions about that. And I won't get deep into that, but basically, she said, "If we're going to do a podcast, it is not going to be dry and boring." we're gonna bring in guests that have real stories to tell, and it's not gonna be about us, it's gonna be about what they bring to us. And and she said, and we're gonna focus on the positive. There's enough negativity out in the world, there's enough, things dividing us. We need this podcast to be something, and that's where we came up with the idea of, what we're doing is we're elevating the conversation about special education. So, that first episode, The Calm Before the Storm, I think really captured, one, our newness to this whole podcasting thing, you know, because it was, I don't know, if you go back and listen to that first episode, I think we've come a little ways, you know, as far as in in how we go about doing this podcast. Thing.
0: Absolutely, and throughout all of them, you can see where Pam is the calm yes. before John being the storm. Yes. So.
1: <laughs> yes, and so, but you know, when you look back at the episodes, you know, it's hard to believe that now going into the fifth season of Sped Talk, we have fifty, I think, fifty-two episodes in our back catalog. You know, when you go back and you revisit some of the topics that we've done, um, the calm before the storm. Of course, that was our our jumping off point. The very second episode that we ever published was with um, then State Director of Special Education Justin Porter. Now, I believe Justin, if I get it right, is Associate Commissioner uh, at TEA. Um, And so, you know, the fact that we were able to bring in Justin Porter in episode two of Sped Talk and interview Justin about, you know, what he sees as the vision of the Liaison Project, how he sees special education evolving in the state of Texas, I think really validated that this was a platform that could really become something. It could become a voice um, for those stories that we share, but it could also humanize people in different organizations around the state that sometimes people only know by name. Correct. You know, people in our state agencies. People that work for our statewide leadership networks, some people that work at ESCs, and a lot of people that work out at the district level. It gave them a platform to tell their story as well as to express those things that are important to them and why they do the work. And so, you know, I think jumping in basically that having Justin Porter, Dr. Porter here in episode two really did validate kind of the work that we were trying to accomplish. And now we've had, I think, Dr. Porter on three times. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: yes we have. We've been fortunate enough that he's he joined us and he's shared, you know, different aspects of liaison work and different aspects of work going on in special education yeah. and different aspects of direction, you know, the expectations of, of where we, we're, we're supposed to go. So it, we've been very fortunate that he's had the time and the opportunity to meet with us and, and talk to us. and. Um, you know, one of the things that you were talking about, and and I'm sure he would, not I know the time's different and he's got a different job responsibility, but one of the things that I kind of want to mention is that a couple of things when we were scheduling and we were, and I'm going to jump off here just a little bit, one of the concerns that some of our guests have had is I would love to talk to you as long as I don't have to be on camera. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is going to be a new jumping off point for us as well because some of our guests some of our you know the people that we want to talk to we are going to have to reach out and find out are you comfortable with being on camera because mm-hmm. we have this opportunity or is it still going to be you know some ca- some video work some mm-hmm. so that's something that we definitely need to think about but yeah sorry I kind of jumped no, off no, I I, but I just a... wanted to bring that up and I think
2: I think that's a good point because what that shows is a, a slight morph or a change in what's happening yeah. and I think it's perfect for John to say. So John you've talked about a couple of episodes we've done in season 1. Is there another one in season 1 you want to mention? If not, talk about the change between season 1 and season 2 and the decision to bring Amy in yeah. and what that brought and why yeah. that change was needed.
1: Yeah, so early on the podcast started like this was that project between Pam and I. When we when we thought this up, we thought that It would be unique in the sense that Pam and I are really polar opposites, right? She's an African-American woman that is soft-spoken and, you know, and I'm a loud, you know, bombastic white dude, you know. (laughs) And yet Pam and I come together on these topics, right? We have a mutual respect for people who are doing the work and who want to find the positives and who want to tell those stories. And so, you know, Pam and I, I think, agree on so many things when it comes to the fact that we can be polar opposites in so many ways, but we can still be unified in this work. We can right. still come together around topics, around important work that needs to occur, and we can lead by example. And so, you know, in in I would like to draw out one more episode from season one before we jump into sure. season two, Absolutely. and that is, You know, we as a liaison project in season one had this really cool opportunity. Evan, you'll remember this. We got to go to this ultra accessible theme park and it's called Morgan's Wonderland. Mm -hmm. It's down in the San Antonio area. And so for our listeners, if you've never been to Morgan's Wonderland, you've got to take a trip, take your family down to Morgan's Wonderland and check it out. But we had the opportunity to go to Morgan's Wonderland as a liaison project and really help them reiterate their their curriculum. Because right. they have basic curriculum that they implement for field trips when kids mm-hmm. come, and, and so they wanted us to come in and help them move that curriculum along. So we as a stakeholder group came in and, and employed design thinking around how might we help Morgan's Wonderland as an ultra accessible, totally inclusive, already environment, just create curriculum that is that much more on point for what they're trying to achieve when their guests come and visit them. So for me personally, that will always be kind of this defining moment for us at SPEDtalk when we were able to not just engage as liaisons and experience the work, but then we were able to highlight and elevate that story. And we got so much positive feedback on that story and, and so much interest in Morgan's Wonderland from that. I think that's where we started to realize wow, like I get chills when we do the work and then we highlight and elevate these stories. And when we're done, the people say thank you, like for letting us tell our story. Right. So I think that, that from season one, mm-hmm. one of the standouts for me is Morgan's Wonderland. Right. You know, going from season one, in season one, I think we were just, we were just blessed that we decided we wanted to do this thing. We didn't know exactly what we were doing. Pam and I's personalities meshed well enough that neither of us took it too seriously, but both of us took it serious enough to make sure that we could produce, you know, a quality product when, in, when we released them. But at the same time, we didn't got, get caught up in the what ifs and, and and oh no, I can't get this person to come on or I can't, right. and we just basically went where the stories led us. So, you know, the fact that the liaison project itself I think, gave us such an opportunity to network across the state of Texas. It just gave us opportunities. In year two, we decided we wanted to be a little more strategic in how we go about scheduling episodes, and we wanted to be very intentional to align some of the work, some of the episodes we were doing, more to the LEA level, to tell Mm -hmm. stories that were coming to us from the schools and the regions where we were visiting, you know, and where our liaisons are working. And, and so we started reaching out to fellow liaisons and saying, hey, you know, if you know of a story or if you know of a school or if you have an example of excellence out in the field where, where people or organizations are making it happen for kids with disabilities, they're changing trajectories, tell us, we want to highlight that story. Well, then all of a sudden these stories start bubbling up and they start, but then, so, so we did that. Of course, that's around the time Amy really came on hot and heavy with us and really came, became embedded in the work um, uh, tail end of year one and year two, and, uh, but then also we said, and there's this other side of the work, and that is that we are integral in um, the work that is occurring at the state level with technical assistance networks. As a director for a Shared Services Arrangement for years, when I became a director, you know, uh, directors know when you move from an area of expertise into sped admin, All of a sudden, you have to go from being an expert in one area to knowing a little bit about every area so you can effectively administer across all those areas that are special ed. So, uh, what I learned the hard way was, oh, there's tons of resources out there, right? Technical assistance networks that used to exist, um, progress, you know, access to general AGC, PGC network, things like that. So I started finding these resources out there, and there was just so many resources spread, spread across the state that I just didn't know existed. So we felt like, listen, as a service to our our educators, as a service to our directors, as a service to our listeners, we wanted to highlight the amazing resources that were coming out of our technical assistance networks. So we partnered with TEA and our colleagues and our connections there to, to coordinate with each of the technical assistance networks to try to schedule to have members from representing each of those networks come on and tell their story. And not just advertise their materials, but tell their story, right? Who are you, why are you doing this work? Um, what does this technical assistance network believe in? Why it, does it exist? And what types of resources are coming out of it? So we were blessed in year two to really go down that path, both tell some amazing, and share some amazing stories from the field at the local level, but also kind of look to the state level and share resources from across
2: the state. Yeah, right. And I think, John, that's <clears throat> one, one sort of piece of information in addition to all that for people to understand as you talk through year two, about to become year three yeah. and what happened in the world in year three. Up to this point, you've done a year and a half, two years worth of podcasts. Yeah. You've had some, some beginnings. you started to really have some feel good stories and some testimonials. Yeah. you started to record the statewide networks and all of it was done in person. That's right. All of it was a microphone. Right. I can see the red right. microphone sitting on the table in front of you. By design, and, and, by and, design. And we were, and we were
1: intentional about
2: that. Correct. They were all in person. And then Cody. as you get into that, then you start to happen into the spring of 1920. Yeah. And that was a not by design format change, but you didn't mm-hmm. let that mm-hmm. stop you and Pam and Amy from continuing the work that you were doing. So yeah. What what kind of sticks out to you about that time period in the progression of doing these.
1: Yeah, you know, reflecting back on on, you know, spring of 2020, you know, I was completing my doctoral studies at Baylor right before I defended my dissertation. This COVID thing happened right spring break. Um, Everything just went askew. Uh, I think many of us right faced problems we never realized we would ever face in our lives, and and this podcast it, in some ways was the smallest of the things that was occurring in the world at that time, right? But we saw this podcast as being needed right now as much as ever. We needed to continue to tell these stories. We needed to continue to connect with our colleagues around the state. We needed to continue to elevate the positive. because. People were suffering, right? And, and and things were uncertain for quite some time. And SPED Talk, what we decided was, listen, this was always about getting around a table with people doing the work and learning from and with them, right? It was about, about it was about human connection and it wasn't about us being famous people telling stories. It was about us fading into the background so they could tell their stories. Trying to make other
2: people famous by what they had to share. That's it,
1: that's it. And so we realized real quick that we were gonna have to pivot off of something that was fundamental in our identity as a podcast at that point. Because at the point what we did is we would load up in the car and we would drive to A and M to talk to them about Aggie Achieve and right. meet with them on their turf, on their in their setting, and and you know we wanted to always Good honor time. the work and go to where it was occurring. COVID changed that, right? COVID made us pivot off of that because quite frankly people weren't even in office for a period of time, and then when they came back, they were hesitant to let us mm-hmm. come into their space for a period of time, and of course our ESCs had restrictions on travel and things like that, so. So kudos to the group, it was about that time that we started meeting as a liaison project, virtually. Correct. And that was different, you know. But that also gave us enough to realize within a short period of time that, hey, we can still do this. Mm -hmm. Think about the relationships we forged as liaisons during that year's worth of virtual meetings where when we came face to face for the first time, we were Steeped in friendship, already. Exactly. It wasn't like we were, you know, strangers to one another that had never met or you know, but that it just we hadn't been in that same space. So it made us realize that we could adapt to a virtual setting and to do so through kind of like the Zoom platforms and things like that. You know, we haven't really pivoted off of that a whole lot yet. I think we're at the tail end of some of the the virtual stuff. But the other thing is, it it allowed us to access stories in some instances that we couldn't have accessed otherwise. Right. You know, the, the, uh, geography and time are barriers sometimes. Sure. You know, I think, ideally, everyone that works on this podcast would still rather come around a table, have conversations in person, not sit in a Zoom room when they can sit in a, in a physical room and do the work. But it is an alternative. We can tell those stories and we can highlight those examples through technological advances like using the Zoom platform.
2: Sure, and it, it it reminds me of a couple of things. One sort of a humorous piece, but also a connections piece. And the first was you're talking about we were meeting as a liaison group, so this is the spring of 20. Yeah. Uh, and Amy was kind of still there and then she left in in the fall yeah. of, of, of twenty and, and sort of other people came into the group, but I'll never forget, uh, you know, Jen made a comment one time that we finally got back together as a whole. Yeah. We were like, oh well, I've only seen you on camera. I didn't think you were this tall or that yes. short or this. Yes. You like, right? yeah. So you start to talk about what happened um, you know, on yeah. Zoom, right? And then we get together in person. But then the other piece of that, right, was it let us reach a couple of families mm-hmm. who had things to share mm-hmm. that were pretty poignant to. I think about abilities. Yes. And that that podcast that we did via Zoom mm-hmm. with that mom and her daughter. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the first parent-child combo we had up to that point, but it was one that sort of mm-hmm. sticks out in Episode 3, mm-hmm. that if we weren't doing it on Zoom, we may not have been able to get That's right. down to, you know, the Central Texas area as a group to be able to yeah. record that, yeah. that podcast. So Zoom sort of allowed that to happen yeah. in, in the beginning of Season I 3 there.
0: several of our parents, because we've had now several parents opportunities for them to come to us and and tell their stories. And honestly, I think several of those episodes would not have been possible Mm -hmm. if we had stuck to the traditional, let's get in the vehicle and drive, Mm -hmm. or let, you know, if you can come to us. Because when you think about it, we also had, um, we had two opportunities. Where we had don't be don't be afraid to be included. Yeah. I don't know that the yeah. student would have been able to come to us in that situation. That's right. But then you also, when we have the, um, and I'm trying to remember the episode name, but where we had the mom with the two boys,
2: the, the award-winning episode. Yeah, loving students doesn't loving low lower expectations. expectations. So right. when you think yep. about that seasons two one, and seasons three, yep.
0: You know, we had the opportunity to talk to a mom who became such an advocate for her boys because they both had been diagnosed with autism. Yeah. And because of that, eventually once her boys were grown, she went into the classroom yes. to be an advocate for other students. Yeah. A- and then we've got the episode where we talked to a mom who created a, home, a, a residential, residential facility, facility. Right. because her son yeah. had traumatic brain injury or a, a, it wasn't traumatic brain injury it was another type of illness Mm -hmm. where he was left and and her concern was what happens if if something happens to me what is going to happen to him and so he created she created um this place for him to be safe to be Mm -hmm. taken care Mm -hmm. of so alcove Alcove. Alcove. so you know you think about that and you think about some of our episodes and you think about some of the things that we've Mm -hmm. done we've been blessed to yeah. be able to reach out to families to reach out to parents to reach out to some students that have shared their stories with us. Yeah. You know, cheerabilities, her that that mom was definitely wanting to make sure that her child was in, was included sure. and yeah. part of regular activities. And so we would not have been able to do that had we requested, you know, can you
1: Come to come us, to or, yeah. or
0: is there a place where mm-hmm. we might be able to come to you? Yeah. In those instances, I think our platform, our virtual platform, was the best way. Yeah, And that's something that, again, we will need to consider moving forward is some of those interviews, some of those topics are going to have to continue to be virtual. Sure, right, But exploring yeah. this new... Um, Alternative way of interviewing. I mean, it could also open up many other opportunities Absolutely. for us. Absolutely,
2: and I, I think that, that that's great too. As we think through, okay, what happened at the end of season two? What happened in season three? Those episodes we yeah. mentioned that, that won awards, but now we also in three brought more people into the group. Yeah, yes. So initially it was John and Pam. That was John yeah. and Pam and Amy, and then it became John and Pam and Sarah and Evan yeah. and Monica and then Jen and then Patty. And then Anna and then people come in and out and now we've got Marissa and Kara. I don't want to leave anybody out, but the point is having the collaboration Mm -hmm. has allowed us to find the stories to highlight. Correct. And so by year four now, which is the year we just completed, we've told lots of great stories. Have we hit every statewide network? Have we talked to everybody? I think we've hit just about everybody. We may we've have had, one
1: hanging out there we've still. We've
2: had the associate commissioner, now the new, you know, deputy commissioner on. I mean, we, we've we done a lot in four years worth yeah. of yeah. podcasts, and a big piece of that, I feel like, is the people that are on this side of it, not to toot our own horn, but... We wouldn't have had yeah. the connection to do that episode of Connie.
1: That's right. Hadn't shared that That's with right. us. And
2: Connie's a liaison and we know Connie. So that relationship allows us to say, hey, let's reach out, use Hi. the Zoom format yes. that we're now forced yeah. to use, but that stretches us to a new way to do it. Yeah. And so here we sit at the beginning of year five with a new way to do it. Yeah. Here's a camera. We started having this conversation in year four. Should we do video? Should we not? And this is where we find ourselves. And it's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think, you know, when you think about that transition from season two to season three, literally we recorded two episodes almost back to back. I think one was in December, and then the following one was in January, somewhere around Mm -hmm. there. One was the don't be afraid to be included, right? And that young man, Simon, in that episode, I think educated all of us on what inclusion really meant. When he verbalized, we said, well, what advice would you give to other students out there that, need to, that, that, that are experiencing what you did mm-hmm. as, when you were younger and, and you, you weren't feeling like you were being included and, you know, you were scared to assert yourself and now you're very much not that way. You've grown so far under the care of Cammie Dodds, Teacher of the Year, in my, every year, in my opinion, you right. know, just fabulous work she does with kids. Um, and he verbalized, he said, I would tell him, don't be afraid to be included. You know, I get chills thinking about that to this day because at the time like that hit our group. You always hear the perspective from the adults. We should be more inclusive. We should do this. We shouldn't do that. We should do, you know, design thinking is about doing things with people, not for them. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You seek empathy. You ask questions. You learn to understand that person's perspective. Education. There's a movement right now, and that is we we're seeking out student voice. It's kind of new in our educational system, and we're not killing it everywhere with that, but we have more and more adults in the system that, w- that care about what the kids think, right. they, what they, their perspectives are. They so let, when Simon dropped yep. that on us, I mean, it was like mic drop, uh, don't be afraid to be included. Wow, that's a completely different spin on adults should create systems that are inclusive. That's right. the message that is messaged. That's the message I messaged for years, but hearing from a young person saying to other young people, hey, it takes courage to want to be included, to put yourself into settings where people maybe aren't normally being inclusive. Don't be afraid to include yourself in those settings. So what a powerful episode, and how validating that was for their story, and how cool it was to be able to share that award with them, the Barbara Jordan Media Award. Two. Right, right. And uh, that was the first one, <laughs> that was the first one so following that episode up, loving students doesn't lower expectations. Like that ca- that title captured the story yes, of our mother did. who yes. had those sons who had autism who struggled through the the, the, the you know the, the birthing of those kids and the Raising of those kids and then the first diagnosis of those kids and then what does it mean that my kids have autism and mm-hmm. what, What's their lives going to be like and my expectations for them haven't changed? I mean am I supposed to expect less right. now? Well, I don't I love them and I have high expectations for them and then taking that experience Getting her teaching degree Mm -hmm. going into the classroom and applying all that real-world experience knowledge and empathy in the classroom to have high expectations for all kids Huge it's so crazy when we recorded that episode. I think we felt like wow this is This is big stuff these stories matter. I never dreamed we would be blessed to hear this kind of stuff Right, and then it gets a barbara jordan media award the next year, right? Right. you know that tells us that even though this is still just a, a garage band, right? This is sure. still just a small project, and, and, it, and, and, and everybody hasn't heard that, hey, Sped Talk is releasing this kind of awesome stories and information, and the people who have heard are paying attention and are sharing it with other listeners, and we're gaining listeners every day, right. and I think it's because the mission, the vision of the podcast speaks to that idea that everyone has voice, everyone can add value, Everyone has purpose and that's bigger than education. That's bigger than disability. That's bigger than special education. Right. And so I think it hits a common theme in the world and it's a message that needs to continue.
2: I think so. And I think that what's interesting about that too is you talk about those episodes being family centered, yeah. student centered, the yeah. curabilities where Bree shared with us her yes. experience. We're not gonna stop doing those. Right. Right. We we've done lots of networks and we've had, you know, professional people on talking about but those stories carry with them power yes. that we're going to continue as a team to seek out so that they have a platform to share yeah. and other people can hear that and understand that and have that, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is why we do it. Yeah. That renewed sense of purpose that they get from hearing a story that they wouldn't have normally heard. Yes, Because we have the ability through this platform to let the educators out there resharpen their saw, so to speak, right? Uh, And and I think that's a powerful thing for us too as we continue to move forward is to say, we're going to keep seeking out this type of episode content to share, regardless of whether we do it video, whether we don't do it video, uh, whether we do it via Zoom or in person. Yeah, or Spanish versions. Or Spanish versions, or whatever some alternate language might be, that we're going to say it's important to us to share the student voice, the family story yes. as well, and not just the technical assistance That's right. side of Talk. That's Talk. A couple
0: right. of things that I want to add to that, Evan, also, is that you know we've talked about the families, we've talked to the families, we've talked to students. We also, I want to also point out that we've also talked to several school districts, oh, yeah. specifically Corsicana ISD and yeah. is what they're doing with right. Penguin Project. How cool is that? And so we highlighted what they are doing as a school district. Yes. For students with disabilities. We've also highlighted employers who sure. employ students, you know, after they've they've graduated mm-hmm. and what they are doing and the efforts that they are they are taking and, and making to make sure that students have jobs, you know, and, and employing when we talk about Biddy and Bo. Oh yeah. But another thing and I wanted to touch on what you were talking about is and I'm gonna put it out there because it's gonna make us responsible to do it. Uh-huh. Me especially mm-hmm. is that we have talked about taking sped talk and as pam put it we're flipping the mic Mm -hmm. yeah and so taking our message our messages and actually translating that for Mm -hmm. spanish-speaking parents Mm -hmm. and i think that's going to definitely hit an important um an important population because we have lots of parents out there right yes that need these resources that we're sharing that need the resources that we talk about right but don't have access to it because they don't know about it Mm -hmm. and so in being able to share that message in spanish in another language i think it's going to be big um it's just a matter of us taking the time to really do it and and to hold ourselves accountable for making that happen Mm -hmm. so you know we we've done a lot We've we've covered a lot, but there's still so much out there that we haven't even scratched the surface We're just getting started. We are just getting started
2: That's a that's a great point. It really reminds me about and I think John would venture back with me to the fall of 2017 what you just described Mm -hmm. is a realization of an iteration which came from and I'm using all these fancy words ideation (laughs) right, but that's the process by which this whole liaison thing started. We're gonna come Mm -hmm. up with new, different, innovative solutions. We're gonna learn what design thinking is. And so we've seen, through four years of this process, maybe we're not reaching as many people as we could be reaching if we did something a different way. Or additionally. Additionally. We're not gonna be confined to a certain format. We're gonna do something, and that is a group who could take advantage of what we're putting out there that currently isn't. So how do we find a way to allow them access to what we've been talking right. about? And I think that really, not that that sums everything up, and, but that's really the, what was behind why we decided, John decided, Pam decided initially to do this. Right? John mentioned he was up here presenting a padlet. That padlet came because John and I sat at the same table Doing an activity in September of 2017 about what if we, how do we create transparency and yeah. how do we let parents and, and, and schools know the same thing and yeah. do, we do an FAQ and you've heard us talk before about 10 minutes till videos. So yeah. That's a process that came out of our buddies thing. Those things happen because we started trying to think differently about yeah. what we were currently involved in and what you mentioned is a great example of that. Yeah. And how we as a podcast can continue to find different ways. Yeah. Other innovative ways to share what is available to be shared. Absolutely. Yeah, I
1: think that's one thing we've been very blessed by support with this mm-hmm. project. Right. You know, this, the, the Sped Talk is a little different than some of the other work that occurs in that liaison space, right? Um, we know that there is a, is a heavy um, um, set of activities around helping LEAs. In the area of results-driven accountability, helping LEAs to ensure that their compliance is in place, you know, helping LEAs in in the area of special ed administration and coordination of programs and services, and and so and that and that and so this project, in some ways, I think supports that work, but mm-hmm. also right. kind of lives outside right. of that work a little bit. And the fact that we've continued to have support from our ESCs from uh, leadership at TEA Jennifer Patterson continues to be you know an advocate right. for sped talk uh, and to create the opportunity for us to continue this project but also our, our people like Dr. Jennifer Alexander, Dr. Justin Porter, you know people in TEA, Ramonda Olale, uh, you know Jacob Klett, these people are our right. supporters of sped talk because I think they see that while not exactly in step with some of the other initiatives that, that are coming out of TEA, we create a conversation around the why. Correct. What needs to be occurring and the why. And we share the stories, the examples of that real work occurring at the local level, at the state level, in organizations. And so I think that there's a life for SPED Talk far into the future.
2: To and con- I think oh, I there's agree. a need to, for it to I continue. Agree. To continue to allow us to elevate the conversation. There you go. Because while it, as you said, may not be in the same space as this work that's happening as liaison yeah. groups, it is work that elevates the conversation, which needs to continue to happen. That's right. So that good things continue to be good to, to be done to improve outcomes for students with disabilities. Yeah.
0: When we talk about sped talk, and, and when we start thinking about the direction that we want to head in in the future, mm-hmm. the, the first thing I do want to point out is, Evan's wearing our shirt. Yeah. Our logo. We have a logo now. Yeah. And so Evan appropriately wore that today to, yes. to highlight what we're doing. And when you think about it, that's five years worth of work.
1: Yeah.
0: And so we finally we have a logo. We have we have a face. We have a presence. Mm-hmm. As we move forward, like you said, yes, there is still there there are still audiences out there that we haven't even we come haven't close tapped to tapped into yes. yet. Um, there are there are topics, there are projects going on that we have no idea. Mm-hmm. There are probably projects and topics that don't even exist yet that we need to, you know, as as they start developing, we need to tap into that. Absolutely. And so there's so much still yet left undiscovered, untapped, mm-hmm. un, uh, you know, n- not talked about. That for Sped Talk. I look forward to being out there and being on the front line and looking for those topics, looking for those ideas, yeah. looking for those audiences and those peoples and those peoples, those stories, all of that because while we've grown over the last five years, there's still so much growth to be to be had and I look forward to being part of it. This project has been an incredible experience. I, I think you know for all of us. Another thing which you kind of touched on, but we, I do want to highlight is that when I started, there were five of us, mm-hmm. I believe. You, yeah. know, you know, Pam, and uh, John, and Evan, and Sarah Jeter, and myself, mm-hmm. and then we added a couple. Monica came on, Patty came on. Those liaisons, Monica Quesada is a liaison from Region 19, yeah. who's joined the group. Patty Garcia is a liaison from Region 14 that has joined our group. We also now, with new liaisons coming on, we now add Marissa King yep. mm-hmm. from Region 18, and she's going to hang me if I don't pronounce her name right, but Kara schedule Correct. She is from Region 16. You nailed it. Yep. So we're growing, yep. and I, it's so exciting to yep. have these other people as part of the group mm-hmm. because they, too, will bring ideas, and they, too, will bring so much to the table, mm-hmm. and I'm just excited for this group. I'm excited for what the future holds, yeah. and just I'm excited to see what direction we take.
1: Yeah, we have some exciting episodes in the can, yes, right? We, we do. You know, we've got some that we've recorded. We have a follow up to um, the Penguin Project at Can ISD. Yes, right. They soar to new heights in this next episode that they're we're going to release pretty soon and 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 showcase really an upcoming event where they're doing the the Penguin Project for the third time there, of course, can ISD. And this time they're doing an iteration of Shrek. So man, yes. it's gonna be cool. I hope to be there in person like I was for... Uh, for
0: uh, you went to Annie, right? I went to Annie, I went right? to, Annie. I went to yes. Annie, the
1: first one, and I missed Frozen, unfortunately, but yes. Right. And so, boy, that would be cool if we could get everyone there for that. Go
0: to Shrek, baby. Yeah, go to we'll see Shrek, it. man. Yeah.
1: Your kids would love it. Oh, Eminem. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so I'm super excited for the release of that episode. Um, we've got some other ones in the can that I think are going to be really, really well received because right. they're kind of tear jerkers. You so know, things they, people don't
2: even know about. People that, so yep, stay tuned. That's right. Stay
1: tuned. <laughs> and then we've got some in the works. You know, we've got some exciting episodes we coming do. up, and so I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know, I know. Um, Hopefully, the next time we do the, the video recording, we'll have Pam here. She brings, sure. she, 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 she kind of like completes me. You know what I'm she saying? Does. She She really does. She, she you know, I, I anchor to her.
0: She is your No calm. pun intended. You she know, is your anchors as a
1: platform. So she is my com. But no, I mean, yeah, we're blessed to do this work. Um, I think that the project uh, has sustainability. And I'm excited to see where we go from here.
2: Well, thanks for letting us be a part of it, John, and continue to support this work that is valuable. Absolutely.
0: John. Tell everyone how they can continue to elevate the conversation about special education in Texas.
1: You got it, Pam. They can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SpedTalk2020. Because in these disconnected times, connecting with others has never been so important. Now more than ever, it takes courage to create culture and kindness to keep us connected. If you enjoyed this episode of SpedTalk, be sure to share it with a friend. Because information should always flow through us, not to us. We couldn't do this without you, our listeners, and we need your help sharing the amazing transformation occurring in special education. Together, we can change the trajectory of learning opportunities in Texas for students with disabilities. If you have ideas, information, or resources that you think we should share on an upcoming episode of SPED Talk, let us know at SPED Talk 2020 on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and be sure to like our page while you're there. Oh, yeah, and if you get a chance... Please consider giving us a positive review on the podcast platform that you listen to SPED Talk.
0: in the moment and the moment is future.